Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1800 060 896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Ryan's gangster, now the clear leader, out by half a length. Alta Billy put to pressure on the outside, Tom the Curious, and here comes Bo, best Bo, winding up off the outer extremities of the track. Calypso Sam goes underneath him and Turbo Tommy gets onto his back for a trail home. Third quarter, 29-2. Ryan's gangster gone on the inside and swallowed up by Best Bow. Best Bow goes into overdrive, looking to make it seven on the bounce. Turbo Tommy out after him. Best Bow, he's vulnerable. Turbo Tommy, Best Bow, Turbo Tommy, Turbo Tommy, Best Bow. Best Bow makes it seven. Best yeah, I just thought I'd replay that this morning. Chris, he's, he's no star, but he's a damn good horse. He's a bit of a war horse, and that's a good effort there yesterday at Bathurst. Seven in a row for Best Bow. Yes, yeah, Steve, uh, seven in a row there for that horse. So uh, we wish connections the best of luck with him going forward. Yes, he's won 13 from 110 starts. Trent Dawson, our first guest this morning on Mobile Rolling. Yeah, I'm keen to talk to uh, Trent because he's got a, a number of key runners stepping out. He's got one today in the first race at Reckler, but on Saturday night, He's got uh, replaced Ayer, who's recently joined his stable, and I'm keen to find out more about him. He trailed and trailed well recently at Albion Park. Trent, good morning. Uh, morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. Uh, start number 100 for this guy, but he's a good quality horse that's now joined your stable, earnings just shy of $300,000. What are the expectations on Saturday night? Um, yeah, we were really lucky to pick him up for the stable, actually. Um, the connection sort of... You know, with, with advice from the old trainer, sort of thought it, there'd be opportunity up here for him. So, um, you know, I I expect that he'll probably take benefit from the run this week. Um, that being said, I, I, he's there to win too. So, um, but I, I think whatever we see this week, we'll see better next week. He's a horse that has brilliant gate speed, but uh, you're running to turn it up here on Saturday night, who's perched up in gate one. So it's not going to be easy, but uh, he can really fly the arm, this guy. Yeah, I mean, I haven't sort of haven't thought about it too much just yet, but I mean, I'm I'm not opposed to you know just trying to turn that gate speed off this week, um, given the way the draws have fallen. But you know, he might take charge of me, and um, you know, and yeah, the one also, you know, we're not going to cross it. But um, yeah, I, I'd ra- I'd rather my my first choice would probably be to to take him back off the arm and um, and hope that you know turn it up can. You know, it's probably going to need the run too. So hopefully, hopefully, it might might not have as much left over 2100 at the end as um, what it may do if it was over a mile. Tell us about that trial recently. He was able to win the trial. He beat Kiwis Are Flying, who starts on Saturday night as well, fresh up, 54-9, and it was a brilliant last half there. So, what were the expectations with the trial? Did you get what you wanted from the trial, and how's he been since? Uh, well, I probably wanted to go. Um, you know, I wanted to go about the... Yeah, you there, Chris? Yeah, I wanted... we may have lost Chris momentarily, Trip, but just go on. OK, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it just went blank. But, um, yeah, I, I was wanting to go about the 55 mark with him, but, um, you know, what impressed me, I was quite impressed by the uh, the last quarter that he ran, actually, and, and over the line he was really, really full of running at the end, so... Um, probably that you know the 50 metres after the line when the horse got up a little bit inside of me was probably what it most encouraged me about the trial. Is he nice but, and sound? Yeah, I mean when 
when they've had a hundred starts, they're always got little niggles everywhere. But you know, for as far as a horse that's done as much hard racing as what he has, he's um, you know he's pretty sound for for an old guy like that. You know, we just got to yeah, probably his confidence had taken a little bit of a hit over the last sort of three to six months, and um, you know, if we can if we can get that back to him, I mean, you, you never know, maybe these little summer carnival coming up, there might be a couple of races where we could put him into there, and um, you know, he might. I'm sure he would appreciate, you know, racing off the back of good horses and, um, you know, when he's feeling good about himself again, you know, he, he might be a little smoky. Mm. He sort of got a reputation, didn't he, as running second all the time to some very good horses. How many... There was a series where he ran races every week where he ran second about six or seven times in a row for a play style. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, about down at Menangle there 12, come about 12, 18 months ago, yeah, he was running into some of the best horses in the country, so and um, probably some of the best horses we've seen for ten years in the country too. So he's certainly, um, for as good a horse as he is and as good as his record is, I mean, little in a different era and a little, little, little bit of a different time. I mean, he he might have made double of what he's made now. Mm-hmm. So you sort of, you know, yeah, as much as he's got a good record, it, it could have been, good, you know, much better had he not run into some of the best horses we've seen. So start one hundred, isn't it, on the weekend? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, that's some kind of significant luck for it. I don't know, but um, yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if he could bring it in a winner. But yeah, you know, the, the draws put us up against it a little bit with him. So um, yeah, not just the draws. I, I always, I never, never say that I really mind drawing bad as long as the main dangers draw worse. But um, it seems like we drew bad, and the main dangers drew really good. Couldn't draw any better than what they drew. So um, yeah, they've they've put us up against it. Yeah. Interesting. Trent, Chris, are you still with us, Chris? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious to find out. Just, does he have an actual eye problem, Trent? Uh, well, he's got he's got a blue eye. He must have. He's, the story that it was that um, he, when he was a two year old, he must have banged it on something. And um, I, I think he's still got some vision, some forward vision in it. Um, doesn't it doesn't look like it when you when you see it? It's a it's a it's a blue eye. It looks like a bit of a White Walker off the Game of Thrones when you um when you first see it. It's just the one eye on the outside. But um, yeah, I think he's still got a little bit of vision in it. Okay, okay. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how he goes there on Saturday night in the first race. Uh, you've got this guy absolutely flying, Bella Bullterra. But this is going to be a good test for him on Saturday night facing a second row draw. But has he been a little bit of a surprise packet for the stable? Yeah, I mean the first, the first um, week he won two weeks ago. There, I, I kind of thought it was a bit of a fluke. Probably, I, you know, I drove him pretty good that night, so I can probably, I could have taken a wrap for that one, and I, I thought that might have put, been more, more the merit than the win. But um, last week he was awesome. Like he, you know, I sort of even it was a hot speed, but I pulled him out at the five hundred and. You know, he, he actually literally felt like he joined in at the top of the straight, and they shouldn't feel like that when they go on 52. So, um, yeah, that that one really surprised me. So, I mean, I'm I'm not willing to put any um, predictions on him anymore. I'll just let him take me wherever he wants to go, and I'll just sit along for the ride. Okay. What do you expect on Saturday night here? This looks like it's a pretty strong race on Saturday night. There's a few that have really good form. So, what are you expecting? Ah. Uh, I mean, for us, from that from that draw, we we need we need everyone to think they're a good chance if they can if they can put on a pretty quick first lap. I mean, that can that can drag us right into it. Um, we just need them to take a little sting out of themselves. And um, yeah, there's a few few well enough drawn that 
you know, it probably should be. Like, I, I can't really... I can't, I can't picture in my head how the race will be run just yet, so um, maybe if they all... If they all had the same thought, maybe they'd go a bit of fireworks for the first five or six hundred, and um, that'll that'll drag them into the race. You know, we just need that sting taken out of them. Okay, and, and just quickly, just with this runner in the first race, uh, she's a beautifully bred filly, Magical Mayor, stepping out in race one today. First look at Reckliff, and you're drawn the outside of the second row. Uh, do you expect her to perform well? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I really, I really like the filly. I think you know, she'll end up at bigger things than where she is today. That being said, you know, first time at Redcliffe and drawn nine, it, it makes it tough for her. She's got a lot of things that she's got to overcome today. Um, you know, first time she's been off the back row and first time at Redcliffe and, you know, the, the Ben's there can, you know, I don't think, I don't think it will bother her. Otherwise it wouldn't be here, but you know, you still got to be, you got to be mindful of that. And, um, but I, I think she's got quite a future. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully if she, if I'm right, I mean, she should be pretty close today. All right. Well, we appreciate the time today. Best of luck with that filly in the first race and good luck on Saturday night as well. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, there he is, Trent Dawson. Chris, I'll just play the closing stage of this horse winning a trial recently at uh, Albion Park. All replaced I, replaced I with a big lead. Kiwis are flying, is trying hard in second spot. Then Lilac Flash, replaced I in front. Kiwis are flying back to the inside, but replaced I too good. Replaced I beats Kiwis. Yes, uh, I just spoke about him running second a lot, Chris. He was the Quinella horse, wasn't he, a few times there, week in, week out at Menangle. Replaced yeah, I. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Steve. He, he ran a lot of good races down there. He was very consistent. He is blessed with good gate speed, but uh, as you outlined, he was running into some really top liners down there. So it'll be interesting to see how he uh, how he does up here in Queensland. I'm sure he's going to cope well. And and Trent probably gave us a little bit of a, a a lead going forward the summer carnival that starts in early November up here. And I'm sure he's going to measure up in a couple of those good races. But he is blessed with brilliant gate speed. So unfortunately, he runs into turn it up as a He's a horse himself with great gate speed, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see when he can use that gate speed mm. going forward. Just to turn it up, I'll, I'll remember you calling that race, uh, I'll never forget it actually, at Albion Park when he showed, well, could only be, well, described as an amazing turn of speed. And you one record quarter or close to a record quarter, was it last prep for turn it up in one of those wins? Yeah, it was. I think he was up against Colt 31. In that yeah, he race, was. He went Steve, past and, him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it just shocked everyone, I think, going forward. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how he lines up on Saturday night, turn it up. Uh, he's at a recent trial, looked really good. We spoke with Shane Graham last week, and he's expecting him to do a really nice job. So it promises to be a good race, that free-for-all there on Saturday night. Jack Butler's with us. Well, I'm keen to talk to Jack because he's got his Group 1 mare lining up on Saturday night. She goes around in race number two. It's her first start since taking on the uh, the Group 1 Blacks of Fate there back in uh, in late, jo uh, late July. Jack, appreciate the time. Uh, what are the expectations on Saturday night with Gerard's Delight? Uh, morning, Chris. Um, yeah, look, we're just... Um, well, I think she'll go quite well. She trialled really nice, and, um, you know, she's just the sort of horse you can't... You know, she's got no gate speed, really, anyway, and you just sort of... You're in the lap of the ones in front of you, sort of, if they run it hard, well, it brings her into it. So, um yeah, look, she's really forward, and um, yeah, I'm expecting to run a really good race. Just on that trial, it was against Turn It Up just recently, 55-7. It was a real sprint home in that trial, but she couldn't have done any more in that trial. It was a real eye catch of the way she attacked the line. Yeah, Gemma um, drove her for me, Gemma Hewitt, and um, 
yeah, she was wrapped in a run. She said, I didn't even let her head go. So we were, um, yeah, really stoked with it. And she's pulled up terrific and, um, yeah, sort of head towards the summer carnival, hopefully now, and, and um, yeah, go from there. What do you make of this field on Saturday night? Um, yeah, it's very, it's, it's in her reach for sure. Um, like I said, it's just, she's a bit one-dimensional. We've just got to hope they run it a bit hard. I, I think, I believe she's the best horse in it, but um, we've just got to hope for a little bit of luck. And as I said, they go a bit hard early. Well, I'm sure they will, because when you sort of start breaking down that front line, there's a few there that can really fly early. So that hopefully, uh, you know, augurs well for you in this race. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's sort of how I sort of seen it, Chris. So, um, but you never know till the night. But um, yeah, like I said, I, I'm wrapped with her. Okay. Well, that's uh, Gerada's delight. The other key runner for you on Saturday night lines up in this first race, Deus X. He couldn't have been any more impressive first up. He's a uh, a son of changeover over from New Zealand. What do you make of this guy, Jack? What do you, what are you thinking with him going forward? Yeah, he's. Um... To be honest, I think he's a really nice horse. He's um, improving all the time here at my place. And um, um, he just pulled up a little bit flat after his first up run. So we just gave him a few days off and, and just went again. And um, he's um, really come through that really good now. He's uh, He worked terrific this week. And, um, yeah, I think he's above average, Chris. And, you know, he's. I think he'll do a really good job for the Summit Bloodstock. So. Mm. Okay. Well, just like the mayor, then whatever he does on the weekend, obviously he's going to have a lot more improvement to come. Oh, most definitely, yeah, for sure. And um, you know, he, he come over pretty woolly from New Zealand, um, and he's cleaning up right up in the coat now, and, and he's looking terrific. So, um, yeah, I'm sure whatever he does Saturday night, he'll improve a hell of a lot on. Okay, perched up there in gate two, it's a good draw to have because it gives Brendan plenty of options. Yeah, definitely. He's um. You know, he's got plenty of gate speed himself. And, um, yeah, we've just got to... I'll leave that up to Brendo. He, he'll weigh it up in the first 100 or so. And, um, yeah, we'll go from there. Okay. Do you like him going forward? Could he measure up to a couple of summer carnival targets? Yeah, definitely. I um, He's as, you know, he's as a nice horse as a laddie for a while, to be honest, um, on his work and everything like that. So, yeah, hopefully you can keep him together and, and happy. And um, I'm sure he will. Right, so two nice horses stepping out there on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. And, um, yeah, going forward, they can keep stepping up and have a bit of fun with it. All right. Jack, really appreciate the time. Best of luck on Saturday night with Deus Ex and Gerardas Delight, the Group 1 Golden Girl winner. Thanks, mate. Yeah, there is Jack Butler joining us there. Chris, I found the replay. I'm just going to play you the closing stages. It was back in February, the Turn It Up race we were talking about. Northview Hustler, still back at the tail. Second quarter, easy pickings, 31.3. That forces the hand of Shane Graham. He cuts loose on Turn It Up, but Chevron's reward is going to match him, and they burn hard down the back straight. Look at Turn It Up in a twinkling of an eye. He has accelerated around the outside and taken over. 400 metres left to run. Back straight quarter explosive 26-6 turn it up racing clear margin seven meters back in second spot Colt 31 Chevron's reward battles on then just a little talk I'm a sports star to the outside then Northview Hustler Ruby's for Tash and Stratty turn it up into the home straight leads the way Colt 31 in second I'm a sports star running on strongly down the outside turn it up is clear and turn it up is home for the money that was brilliant it was brilliant and Chris you just said the quarter 26-6 
Yeah, that, that's phenomenal. You just don't see them sort of do that uh, going down the back straight. And he was off the track. I know we had plenty of discussions with Darren Clayton about what his own sectional was that night. And uh, was it a record? But it, it'd have to go close. I'm not sure if it was or it wasn't. But uh, it, it was stunning uh, on that night. So this will be interesting to see how he lines up here on Saturday night. I'm sure he's going to start a clear favourite because he's got that uh, perfect barrier draw for him. But uh, 2,138 metres, only a field of six. It'll be interesting to see how this race is attacked uh, with tactics from rival drivers. So it's going to be interesting to see mm. how he goes. You so, just think, though, if he's on something's back at the top of the straight, they wouldn't get, they wouldn't beat him, would they? No, I don't think so. But he's got brilliant gate speed. Himself, so he's probably yeah. going to lead this race. So mm. it'll just be interesting to see if there's any pressure. Mm. Brittany Graham will have a thought, no doubt, and she's with us. Brittany, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. Uh, that free-for-all on Saturday night promises to be a, a, a good race, probably devoid of a little bit of pressure once they find their spots. But uh, he's going to be a, a very interesting runner turn it up. But replaced I is also a key runner in that race as well. Yeah, looking forward to seeing how replaced I all over the last few weeks has been so awesome to watch at the mile trip. So it will be interesting to see how uh, it plays out over the 2100, obviously with a few first-uppers. And I honestly think our Uncle Sam is racing as well as we've ever seen him race in Queensland. His win two starts ago. He will run third behind Massivici a fortnight ago, considering the times that they ran was also really, really good. So um, I think the small field and also the trip suits him whereas those others, particularly Turn It Up, have the barrier draw advantage. So um, Turn It Up's a favourite, but um, it will probably, it'll be up to replace Dion what he wants to do on how this race plays out in the end. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Brittany, the biggest story this week in harness racing uh, right throughout the Southern Hemisphere was the fact that Mark Purden has got himself back in the, uh, the training fold and this partnership with current trainer Hayden Cullen, who took over from Mark and Natalie, uh, earlier this year, back on January 1. Uh, it, it, it's a fascinating story, and he comes in at the right time because, obviously, the focus is New Zealand Cup, uh, and, and that's fast approaching, and they're the defending champs with self-assured. What was your take on, on Mark getting back into the fold with Hayden Cullen? Um, I wasn't really surprised, Chris. The, the chatter when uh, this story came about was that Mark and Nat were looking to have 12 months off the scene, and if they enjoyed themselves, maybe a little longer, but it seems as though we're coming up to 12 months now. Of course, it was January 1 where they stepped away from the official training role. And uh, with these big races coming up, they're always going to be back in uh, the system, helping Hayden and Amanda with the team because it's such an enormous team, not only in size, but also in quality. Um, they're always going to be back in the fold, but obviously it's a great... Uh, I guess show of respect and also show of thanks from Mark and Nat that they are still going to keep Hayden um, as the training partner through the New Zealand Cup Carnival and considering the level and the quality of horses that will be turning out, there's no doubt that there's going to be a future race, whether it's a New Zealand Cup or something else, that probably makes its way back to the Rolleston Bay. So as of January 1, 2022, we'll see Natalie and Mark back in their official capacity as trainers. But uh, I think it gives punters and fans um, some surety and confidence heading towards these big races uh, that that team of Mark 
and Hayden and also Natalie and Amanda will still be uh, around and ensuring that it's all hands on deck when it comes to this amazing team of horses. Yeah, no doubt about it. One of the amazing horses in that stable is Better Twist. Do you expect to see her in Australia for the Victoria Oaks? I'm, I think it's getting less and less likely that we'll see her for the Victoria Oaks, but the Breeders' Crown might be a more likely target for her. Um, the Victoria Oaks, I think the heats are October too, so they're only a fortnight or so away. Uh, and she trialled yesterday. It looked as though she trialled really well, but it would be a little bit of a rush to get her over because of the heat scenario. It would be different if it was just a straight-out race, but the fact that she has to contest the heat, it would probably surprise me. Um, but then again, it's uh, a more worthwhile trip if she comes over for the Victoria Oaks and the Breeders' Crown. So... Um, there was a story filtering around and Brecken Farms do a great job with their social media that uh, she may well come for the Victorian Oaks, but then uh, Mick Guerin penned an article earlier this week that probably the team's perspective is that it might just come up a little bit too soon. OK. Uh, and also uh, with the Victoria Oaks, um, it looks very unlikely that Antonia, who steps out tonight at Penrith, is going to be making that trip down to uh, Victoria, just with all the other... Uh, border closures and the, the troubles involved in getting the horses down there and, and David Thorne, the trainer of Antonia, won't be able to go there. It looks unlikely that she'll be making the trip. So in many ways, the Victoria Oaks was looking like it was going to be the race of, of the upcoming carnival, but it's starting to fall away a little bit now, although they've still got plenty of uh, talent down there in their own backyard, the Victorian fillies. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see Tough Tilly and Ladies in Red go head-to-head -head on Saturday night at Ballarat. I had a good chat to Jack Trainer this morning, and he probably backed up what you just said as well with the Victorian Oaks. And the other thing, even aside from the travel restrictions, is that, that it falls right smack bang in the middle of the Breeders' Challenge. So she'd have to race in the heat tonight, and then she'd have to duck down to Victoria, be back for the semi-final. And I, I just think logistically it's a bit of a nightmare. So there might have to be some tinkering done with how those races fit because Ricky Elchin said the same thing during the Winter Carnival for his three-year-olds, the likes of, you know, Captain Crusader and What's Up Sunshine and he also has a few other nice three-year-olds that are Breeders' Challenge eligible. It makes it near and impossible for them to target the Breeders' Challenge and the Victoria Derby. So uh, it will be interesting to see if that changes uh, over the next few seasons, but it would be unlikely to see any of those Breeders' Challenge eligible horses target either the Victorian Oaks or the Victorian Derby. Speaking of the Breeders' Challenge, I've got a great question for you. I know you race horses. If you were prepared to race one horse and one horse only, would it be Mr. Ray or would it be Leap to Fame? Oh, that's a, that's a good question, Chris. Um, <laughs> mm, can I have either? Like, I would be happy with either. They're both so talented. And then you throw into the mix my ultimate buyer, and Small Tease is the horse that I have a really big opinion of because he's so green. But... One thing when it comes to leap to fame and from a Queensland perspective, I just love the way that Grant Dixon's developed him over this season. He was up early-ish for, uh, for that APG race, but just the fact that he's not Queensland bred, he could really have that good break in the middle of the season and come back. And I had a good look at him the other day, and he is a stunning individual. He looks like a good horse, and he's bred to be a good horse as well. So maybe I'll, I'll be a little bit parochial and go with Leap to Fame. Okay. Good answer. Good answer. He, he, he looks <laughs> the real deal, that guy. Not that Mr. Ray doesn't himself, but uh, being a proud Queenslander, I expected you to give that answer. Uh, what's the best bet for Brittany Graham this weekend? 
Well, we'll go with the tried and tested formula, Chris. Last week we went race one, number two with Bitcoin. I'm going to go the same again this week. Race one, number two, JSX. And that chat with Jack that you just had only filled me with even more confidence. He's got gate speed. He's proven at the trip. It's a really, really good race, that opening race on Saturday night. So I'm expecting that he won't be too short with that in mind, but I think that he'll win. So race one, number two, JSX at Albion on Saturday. We'll take the tip. Race one, number two. You delivered the goods last week, as you said, with Bitcoin. So hopefully you can double down this week with race one, number two, Deus Ex. Brittany, appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside later today. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, Brittany Graham joining us. Chris, just Ballarat on Saturday night. A lot of interest, and you've already touched on this with Emma Stewart's two horses. They dominate the market in that three-year-old classic. Ladies in red is really short and tough Tilly, the second favourite there. Be a great race to watch one at the fourth race. Yeah, absolutely. These are two outstanding fillies, no doubt about it. I was hoping that both uh, Antonia and uh, Better Twist would make the trip uh, to Victoria to tackle the Oaks in the coming weeks. And as Brittany outlined, it's a it's a heat final situation. If those two fillies don't make it, these two fillies of Emma Stewart are completely going to dominate this series. Uh, I was hopeful that, you know, uh, both uh, Better Twist and Antonia would go because they would add so much more to this this fantastic setup with Tough Tilly and uh, Ladies in Red. But uh, th- these are two outstanding fillies, no doubt about it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this race plays out. Ladies in Red already has the run under the belt. Tough Tilly tackles this race fresh up. But as we know, last time they met, Tough Tilly did beat Ladies in Red. So it's going to be a, a fascinating watch there on Saturday night. Well, the Navy Cup, a lot of interest here at Gloucester Park, of course, with Magnificent Storm. I think he's about 5-1 to one on uh, in early markets. But Matt uh, Young is joining in now, Chris. Matt, good morning. morning. Good morning to you. What did you make of that with Magnificent Storm last week, mate? Um, he is what he is, basically. Um, one week, he just does what he has to do. If you watch, he looked like he just switched off a little bit in front. His ears were starting to go a little bit back and forth once he drew away, and then Vampiro's made a dash at him late. So, um yeah, I'm not 100% Could sure. Could that previous run have taken the edge off him a little bit when he deceded? Yeah, I'm trying not to think that way, but uh, it could have possibly have done. So it's a very interesting race for Navy Cup now because Vampiro looks like it'll have the speed to cross. And back to the 2,100 metres, he might not... Well, I reckon he definitely won't sit on Magnificent Storm after getting that close last start, so... It becomes interesting again as to whether the Magnificent Storm can butter up three weeks in a row and uh, do the work and win the race. So, um, yeah, he's just a funny horse. He's got that high speed and that brilliance, but just doesn't seem to win by very far. Uh, only, only wins by what he needs to. Is there a slight concern, Matt, going into these big races, and we're talking January, free OWA pacing cup, so there's still a fair way away, but is there just a slight query on his on his staying capabilities? I don't think there's a problem with his staying capabilities. I just think, um, yeah, I've, I, I don't want to really get too wrapped up in last week just getting a little bit tired late. I think, um, I think he's got the ability, and he's proven that before, that he's got the ability to stay. They did go a quick lead time, and his times, if you clock him for the 2,400 metres in the early section of the race, was pretty good. And you've got to remember, at the back end of 2,500 metres, uh, they still come home in 27.5. I think it. I think he was just a matter of the 29.9 down the back straight. I think he met a horse who can reel off a quick quarter just as quick as him. 
But if I think if they rolled more, I believe he would have beaten Van Piro by a bit, bit further. At least that's what I'm telling myself. And uh, going into tomorrow's race, I hope to see Magnificent Storm win again. Of course, Aiden DeCampo, the new driver, he'd hate to be in the sulky for uh, one of his uh, three defeats. Yeah, that, that, that's a challenge for Aiden, isn't it? Uh, it? It's a great responsibility, and uh, you don't want to let the team down. Is he likely to have a little bit of a let-up after this race, win, lose, or draw? Yeah, I believe so. I believe uh, being a Group 2 event the last two weeks, he compete in those, and then he'll have a little freshen up. Uh, so what, are we, what we're being told is that um, they've decided to push on for this week, but then he'll have a few weeks off going into his next race run. So it'll be interesting to see how they plan towards the uh, the Cups Carnival. But at this stage, uh, he we won't be cited for at least a few weeks after tomorrow night. Well, that doesn't mean that the free-for-all ranks are going to be uh, uh, diminished in any way because Hurricane Harley, he, he's probably likely to trial either next week or the week after. He's really close by the sound of it. Yeah, well, that's exciting. Of course, uh, a lot of talk about Hurricane Harley and uh, his size and the way he gets around tracks. He's just going to love Gloucester uh, Park and really looking forward to seeing how he uh, steps out here in WA. Okay. And, Steve, you've got a job. You, I know you speak with Ernie uh, weekly. You've got to find out. Leverage, uh, he may have been gelded uh, since he's had that little setback as well. So mm. is it's there, a job for you. Yeah, Matt, is there a bit of lack of information coming back from that camp? A bit tight-lipped? Uh, yeah, that's yeah, sort of unsurprising. Um, yeah, we we have we have issues like that from time to time over here. But um, yeah, I think I think he just is taking a little step back at the moment, Ray Jones. And yeah, he's, he's been dealt a massive blow with that horse, so um, he's probably not really wanting to talk to anyone at this mm. stage. <laughs> okay. Okay. Your best bet coming through tomorrow night for Gloucester Park. We're back in the normal Friday night time slot. Yeah, back in the normal Friday time slot. I think uh, race seven, number three, the Kraken looks one of my best of the night. I think he'll run a very good race. Got the gate speed to get across and lead. And from there, does look very hard to beat. But I think if you're looking for uh, one that should be a lock, race six, number two, Diamond Dove for a place, I would say is my best bet. Uh, Diamond Dove last start, had a deflated tyre, picked up ground in the quick last half and finished third would have gone close to winning if uh, the tyre was fully inflated. So it's going to get a beautiful run. No back line should be leaders back. Elta Louisa looks the leader and potential winner. Born to Boogie looks hard to beat, but I think Diamond Dove will run second or third in that race, and you'll probably get flip of the coin odds, I'm hoping. So uh, race six, number two, for the place, Diamond Dove is my best, but if you're looking for a win bet, race seven, number three, the Kraken looks also a great chance. Might be an omen. Lofty's just been over in front of me, picking up some race sheets. Um <laughs> Uh, you Am I allowed to say that? Last week, Matt, with, with Walsh, <laughs> so uh, we might leave it there. What are the chances of you getting grand final tickets uh, for ne- for next week? Um, well, nine fifty is uh, when we need to line up and wait in the queue for ten minutes, or well, local time, and then yeah, look, there's ten thousand tickets, and I think there's going to be about three hundred thousand people trying to get them. So, um, I'm a gambling man, and I think. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping luck's on my side because I'd love to go and uh, myself and a few mates, we, we would like to go. Otherwise, we'll just find a pub somewhere and turn one on. 
Righto. Well, you go and get in that line. We'll take the tip with both of those horses. Diamond Dove the place, race six, number two, race seven, number three, the Kraken. Can can Walsh win again? Yeah, he can. Absolutely. Um, he won that sweet viewing last week, seeing him just roll straight to the top. I thought he'd be in the breeze. Also, I uh, did say that he was $11 on the uh, indicative markets, which... I mean, we got nowhere near that, but I think he got out to 220 late, so it was an easy watch. It was enjoyable, but yeah, he can win again. Um, I think he would have needed that run last start, but he's definitely a good each way chance in the fourth. Okay, we'll take the tip. So that was painless last week. No need to to, to drop off for tomorrow night. Thanks, Matty. We'll be chatting next week. Cheers, boys. See ya.